You're listening to Around Comics. Everything's, you know, I mean, you're you're a, a dual silver medalist. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> I guess you could call it. Yeah, it was pretty. It was a fun experience. I'll probably do another one. There's one coming up in October. I might do. Um, it'd be nice to actually face off against someone that's either my own age or my own weight, <laughs> which I didn't get to do. You know, guys, oh, yeah. 15 was, years younger. The old, the older, fatter guys that you. Had to beat up on? No, no, it was younger. And then the one guy younger, was quicker, faster. Yeah, there was two guys that were younger than me by like fifteen years, and then one guy that was younger than wow, me so by they like, were like forty. They were like thirty-two. You asshole! <laughs> and three hundred pounds, so it, it was a, a lot to deal just, with. There was a lot. There was a lot. Big target. Yeah, a whole lot of guys. He was. That's he awesome. Was, yeah, it was cool. It was, uh, Congratulations. It was, yes. Us in our, in our, in our older, you, you, you're much more, um, like higher impact sport than I am as I prepare for the curling season. I've just been doing a lot of yoga. Well, mm-hmm. honestly, jujitsu is not that high impact when you're not competing. Like when you're just training with good training partners, it's not that high impact. I mean, you generally start on your knees not standing so you're not getting thrown um and you know most of it you know the only impact is accidental you accidentally get hit in the head or elbowed or kicked or something um but it's not yeah i mean it's it's a lot it's very physical but it's not so much impact which is the good thing for an old guy like me is that i can keep doing it and not have your fell wrong. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm not getting punched in the face anymore. So, although I occasionally I still do that. Oh, like fight club. No. Now. Well, he's getting strangled. Talk about it. You're just getting choked. You're just getting choked out. Choked yeah. out. Yeah. Exactly. That's like going to bed. That's yeah. Fine. You just take a nap. <laughs> I have not gone to sleep yet. I have not Go gotten sleep, to that Sal. point. Sal, it's, it's, I'm so tired. I would. Sun's just going asleep. down. I'd be like, yeah, I'm just gonna. <laughs> Just gonna take a nap. I'm so tired all the time. I would be like, yeah, I'm gonna just fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> so I, knock me out. I've just gotten, I've gotten definitely, uh, cl- not close, but I've gotten like dizzy and and tunnel vision starting, and but I haven't, I haven't been put to sleep, not yet. <laughs> I, I just want someone to whisper in your ear, "Sun's going down, Sal." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big guy, sun's going down, big guy. <laughs> All right, so uh, All right, shall, we, um, shall we shall we start this this silliness? Sure. All right, are we uh, an hourish tonight? Is that the plan? Yeah, whatever sure. you guys want to do, I'm I'm good. Right. I do have um, 
just uh, I do have a couple of emails if we want to read emails. Yay, we like emails. So I'll uh, I'll pull yeah. those up and all right. And we're talking we're talking Earth One tonight, right? Yep. Yeah, Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Read it twice. Really? So I could remember what happened. Nice. <laughs> it's been oh, so you're long. getting older. You're getting old like me and Sal. I, was like, I should make sure I remember exactly what happened. Yeah, I've just got everything. I got too much shit going on. I can't remember everything. I'm just uh, like a. Yeah. Yeah, it's called being over 40. <laughs> it just gets, goes in one ear and out the other. Selective memory. Uh, you want to count me in, Sal? I'm sure. sure this is all good B roll. Absolutely. And three, two, one. And from Chicago, this is Around Comics, the comic culture podcast, where we talk about everything in and around the world of comics and comics culture. I'm your host, Mr. Christopher Neesman, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Mr. Brian Salazar. I think I have a lacerated liver. I was going to say, I heard some, some ice cubes clinking there. Those were on my that knees. Might be me. I... Oh, that was, that was Tom? <laughs> was, I expected it from Tom. Because he's from Wisconsin, and as well, the, I'm drinking. the the top twenty uh, city, the, the the top twenty drunkest cities mm. in America uh, came out this week in some newspaper, and like seventeen of them were uh, in Wisconsin, oh, and yeah. which I commented, I thought I drank a lot until I moved to Wisconsin. <laughs> I'm drinking, but it's only uh, it's light uh, cranberry juice. That's all I'm drinking. Uh, nothing. Damn. Nothing, really? Nothing in that? Just, just like crazy. <laughs> it's like disappointing. It's like sad, I'm a little right? It's kind of sad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like you can't even have like the full cranberry juice. <laughs> no. It's just sugar free. It's like, it's like a Travolta in uh, Pulp Fiction. Uh, there's like, uh, was there any bourbon in this? <laughs> yeah, is it $5 shake? Is there bourbon in it? <laughs> What, there's any vodka in there? God damn. I don't know if it's worth five dollars, but that's a good goddamn shake. <laughs> and uh and of course Mr. uh as I already alluded to, the uh the uh, Wisconsin's favorite son, Mr. Tom yeah. Capes. Yeah. Hi, I am drinking. I have a uh, cucumber vodka with lemonade. You will uh How you'll appreciate this. Uh I'm drinking a spotted cow. Oh, nice. Yeah. I do because I actually, and I have a backup of a um, third space brewing uh, happy place. Well, nice. fuck. I, then I guess I better grab something uh, to drink. Yeah, go go just yeah. pour something into that light cranberry like <laughs> immediately. <laughs> you guys are uh, obviously going to have to pick me up later in this episode. <laughs> oh, where is this? What a, just pour whatever you can find in there. <laughs> have you been to a third space brewery yet, Tom? Oh, I have not. No. It is. It is fantastic. It's. Uh, it is one of my favorite uh, Milwaukee breweries. Nice. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. I, I, I've heard of it. I've heard about it. I've it's drank nice. from it. But I have not <laughs> drank from the chalice of the <laughs> I have sipped a drink from I just drink right from the tap. Just like I put my mouth right on it. They actually have a uh, I found it they have a a bags league there in the summertime, which I was kind of pulled into the first year that we moved here. That's how I found out about them. So played some terrible bags and then drank some wonderful beer. Do they not stop you from drinking out of the tap? Just that you're, Oh, it's fine. He's from Wisconsin. He's from yeah, Wisconsin. That's, he's that's how I, it's just yeah. like a waste of a glass. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, 
I, I still think back, you know, speaking of Wisconsin, I think back to our, our road trip episode, which is yeah. probably deep, deep, deep in the archives whenever the three of us Somewhere. went up to a Sox uh, Brewers game at Miller yeah. Park. Yeah. And yeah. we all we all determined that Wisconsin was uh, – it, it was just uh, – uh, International waters. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, yeah. every everything is everything is legal here, which is relatively I, relatively true. Yeah. I I mean public drunkenness is only something you can get in trouble for once the sun goes down. So well, there, that's not there, a daytime crime. Well no, weeds no. weeds getting legalized here in Illinois in the yeah. first of the Ooh. year, so woo. Illinois are now the crazy people. Um, yeah. But you know the, the 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 saying that I became accustomed with yeah. whenever I moved to Wisconsin was, "You can't day drink if you don't start early." Yeah, you gotta uh, get up. You gotta have your old fashioned at like nine a.m. That's some, <laughs> yes, that's some sort of wisdom, wisdom, folky. I'm you know the legalization of marijuana means that our block parties are going to be like awesome. Yeah, some <laughs> next summer. They're gonna be gonna short. Be They're not gonna go deep into the night. Deep into the night. <laughs> it's gonna close up a lot of anyway. the, oh, yeah. I think I'm gonna go take a nap. <laughs> Fall asleep. I'm wait till those kids just let those kids run around. Yeah. Well, we um we had put out on the uh the Facebooks and on our on our last episode and probably all the other social media stuff that we were gonna be uh talking about a uh a specific graphic novel. And then we and promptly graphic- stopped producing episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think about that. It's just how uh, life goes, you know? Hey, I did an interview, uh, which, you by did. the way, yeah. uh, yeah. I'm sure neither one of you listened to it. Uh, it was terrific. It was, I, I it's on my it. list. Every it minute was, of it. It was a wonderful conversation with Gene Ha, who I, is he's got to be in the top three nicest guys in all what? of my books. I mean, just, right. who are the other two? Um, <laughs> Let's get down to brass tacks. And, and then yeah. the top three assholes. Yeah. So, Brent, yeah. Brent, Brent Schoonover and Andy Parks. And okay, who's Andy Parks? Listen, I Andy love Parks and, wait, wait, I love Andy Parks, but I would not consider him one of the nicest guys in comics. He definitely has a surly side to him. He can little, be salty. I love Andy, but I don't know if I would consider him Colin, like Colin Bunn. You're out, Andy. You're not in the top <laughs> three anymore. Colin over Randy, maybe. <clears throat> um, I don't know. I'd have to think. Art, about oh him. God, Art, 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 Art Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, Art, I can't believe you're going to leave him out of the right? top three. You're yeah. you're not one of the nicest guys in comics, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously not. Uh, but but speaking of some some of the. Like downright nicest people in comics that that we had had a chance to meet uh, were Gabriel Hardman and Karina Sarabeco, and they are the creators of. They're nice Green for Light. LA people. I mean, for LA, you know, it's, I don't know if they're yeah, from. There's there. like an LA element. They just kind of yeah. landed there and 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 stayed. Like I don't aliens. know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if they're actually like California folk. Um, they might be. I'm not for sure, but they, they're know. definitely. They live in LA now. Uh, we they're met Gabriel. We, we actually we met Gabriel in person at was it the first New York Comic Con? It was a long time ago. I mean, I don't even remember what he was doing at the time, and he he listened to the show. I know, and yeah, we we got to meet him, you know, and became friends with him pretty early on, long before he touched 
uh, any of, and we didn't even know he was like doing all the storyboard stuff that he does. I don't think, you know, well, cause he had, I think he had done some stuff back in the nineties under a, under a pen oh, yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, and, and he told us the whole story and we, we've talked to him a couple times. Um, but Michelle you know, back... Obama, that was the pen name that he used, I believe. <laughs> but he, he he came back into comics after, um, or actually during uh, his career as as a storyboard art, storyboard artist. Uh, he worked on uh, multiple uh, Christopher Nolan movies. Um, All of the Christopher Nolan movies, I think. He's pretty much Nolan's right hand guy uh, in in a lot of that, and his. Uh, uh, Fantastic and fantastically talented wife, uh, Karina Becco. Uh, they have, they have, uh, teamed up to, um, write and, and do the art on multiple comics and have, I guess most recently, uh, they, I, I don't know what they're working on now, but most recently what I've read from them is Green Lantern Earth One from DC, which is in DC's series of reimaginings of classic DC uh, heroes like Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman in their Earth One series. Uh, this was my pick and it's, it was, uh, we decided to do this and I had just read it and I was like, this is awesome. We should all read this. So I will say, uh, what did you guys think of this? We'll be back after a quick break. Do you ever wish you could sit in on a conversation with some of your favorite authors? and listen to them talk about their writing process, their path to publication, and of course, their newest novels. Hi, I'm Marissa Meyer, best-selling author of The Lunar Chronicles, and I would love for you to check out the Happy Writer podcast, where every week I talk with other writers about books, craft, inspiration, and how to bring a little more joy into our lives. The Happy Writer is available wherever you get your podcasts, or find us on Instagram, at Happy Writer Podcast. Hated it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> you want me to go? I'll go first. Uh, yeah, you go. I first. enjoyed it. I, 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 um, I'm a big Green Lantern fan. I've always been a Hal Jordan fan. Uh, Is Hal your guy? Hal's, Hal's the guy. Hal's my guy for sure. To quote, quote David Price, it's Hal. It's always been. It's Hal. always been Hal. Um, always been Hal. yeah, I've always been uh, a Hal Jordan guy. He's Green Lantern to me. I mean, you know. Whatever. There's other Green Lanterns for sure, and if you like other Green Lanterns, I, I was a Kyle Rayner fan for at the time. Uh, I know everybody hated Kyle Rayner, but Hal's always been the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was cool to see uh, a little different take on it. Obviously, being Earth One, it's sort of an alternate, you know, uh, take on on these characters. And I've kind of enjoyed a lot of the different Earth One stuff. The the stuff that I enjoyed in this, the first thing that I really, you know, kind of um, grabbed me was the cold you know sort of dark emptiness of space that they portray in it you know it's not um uh it's not a uh sort of fun or light-hearted space that we find ourselves in hell jordan is is a uh, guy working for a mining company ferris mm-hmm. mining um or ferris whatever the hell they are but they they go out and mine asteroids for precious metals so we can make more uh, smartphones. And uh, he used to to work for NASA, which was kind of an interesting twist um, in it. And, and, and then he comes across a ring and, and you know, the rest is, 
is what it is. But but I really like the atmosphere that they put into the beginning of it, and then um, I I also liked how it changed at a, at when Hal ends up on another planet, on an alien planet for the first time. Uh, it the 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 tone of it and the look of it changed a lot as well, which I thought was pretty cool. So that was one of the first things that I really liked, and then I liked. This Hal was a different kind of Hal Jordan. He was certainly capable, but not the sort of um, you know cocky. Uh, he wasn't the gun, the guns, the gunslinger, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, he of, yeah. he was a little beaten down by life a little bit. He's got a little you know he backstory. Was, he was more Steve McQueen than uh, than John Wayne. Sure, that's a good you know, in a way, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, a little more vulnerable, I think, a little more you know problems uh, and and uh you kind of see it <clears throat> when he does find the ring when he does get a hold of the ring for the first time it's this very uncontrollable energy and um they they really don't go into like necessarily like the whole thing about willpower and 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 that was kind of um some of the takeaways from it that I got was that they there was a departure from the classic Green Lantern uh, mythos where it was, you know, you were uh, worthy of the ring because you had this incredible will to uh, control and I, it. And I, well, I don't think it's that they wiped all that away as much as you were kind of along for the ride with Hal on this, that he doesn't understand what's what this ring is or what it's about. He's just trying to He's just trying to make it out there and trying real legitimately trying to stay alive. And it's not that that those elements of the the Green Lantern mythos are are necessarily wrong or gone, but he has no roadmap. He has no he has no mentor in this and he's really thrown into it and he's in in you know the the metaphor of space and and kind of being thrown in the middle of the ocean he's really out on his own with with really nothing nothing to guide him in this well yeah i do i mean i i agree with that to some degree but i think at one point i mean they do definitely make sort of mention or at least they kind of make a point of saying you know you know this isn't about someone being worthy. Anyone could find this ring and use it. You don't that, have that's, to be yeah. worthy yeah. To, to wield it. You just got to figure mm-hmm. it out. And and I think that's a um, I think that's a modern sensibility, uh, you know, in juxtaposition to a very classic one where, you know, uh, hell doesn't necessarily he he doesn't necessarily have the right stuff. And he's maybe, not the chosen. He's, he's not, not the, the chosen cho- one. Yeah, and that was yeah, that's a very just... comic book thing in the you know fifties, sixties, seventies, even even up until very recently. Yes. You still see that where it's you're this chosen special character. You're the only one, right? Um, and and this departs from that, and it's no, it's anyone yeah. can be. I'm completely heroic. wrong, and you are right. And <laughs> I'm just right. so. <laughs> <laughs> You think about, you know, your sort of traditional Hal Jordan, you know, he is like sort of like this epitome of very 60s American. Oh, yeah. Like 
exceptionalism, mm-hmm. like test pilot, not even for the military. He's Chuck Yeager. Like He's capitalist. Yeah. Like, you know, like he is like sort of this epitome of this very like, oh, no, yeah, that well, funny. that's later with <laughs> like, what are we going to do with this guy? Because I, I mean, I like Hal Jordan, but he's definitely like the fabric of his character comes from like a very like dated and sort of like um, not boring, but like very like old fashioned American ideal. Right mm-hmm. of like test pilot, he's a man with no fear, and that's why he gets the ring, you know. But it's also important to remember like a lot of those elements are been added on over the years, like the rules to the ring, and this is what the guardians do, you know. Like all those rules get added on, but like this version of Hal Jordan is very much not that, you know. He is not the epitome of sort of like this American exceptionalism. In fact. Um, the stuff he worked on sort of led to, you know, uh, the uh, the idea of, you know, um, the hint in the book is that something terrible has happened on Earth, right? Where mm-hmm. what he was working on actually has led to a totalitarian regime. And he didn't on stand Earth. up to Oops. it. He knew it was coming, yeah, and yeah. he didn't change it. He didn't do anything to, you know, to yeah. to, to stop it. So as opposed to like this character who's like, yeah, of course, this guy's a, a test pilot. He has no fear. Like this guy very much has, you know, like he didn't stand up when he had his chance to stand up for. It. In fact, he's been running from that decision for a long time. Mm-hmm. And like the things he worked on were not these noble things that were like the idea of like sort of going to um, space, going to the moon. To or, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It is all very grounded in sort of like the sort of like dirty elements of like totalitarianism and like capitalism and all this stuff. Like he is much more wrapped up in sort of those like more grounded elements of that character, right? So like in that sense, this version is much more mo- – is like I-, I found much more compelling than I think like the original Hal Jordan really is in a lot of ways. Like – I see much more of what the world is like now in this Hal Jordan, which is probably true of that Hal Jordan back then, right? Of yep. like, you sure. know, like not every, you know, don't which is kind of all this stuff. Of a, is... of, it's kind of the point of a reimagining, which is. Exactly. Yeah. Which well, is, if you I, look at I it. I actually like this one more than any of the other Earth One books I've tried. If yes. you If you sort of look at it, though, from another perspective, it's very Marvel-esque. You know, because mm-hmm. Marvel was about these, I mean, other than Cap, but Cap came along before Marvel. But if you look at Spider-Man, Spider-Man wasn't chosen to be Spider-Man. Peter Parker was a fuck-up high school student who just mm-hmm. happened to get bit by a spider, a radioactive spider, and got all these powers, and then he had to figure it out. And that was a lot of the appeal at the time in the 60s of the, of the Marvel characters because it was the counterculture. It was, yeah, you know, sure. it was standing up against that modern american idealism and and the the whole sort of 50s uh era uh sentiment of that kind of stuff so now you're you're kind of you know seeing that again i think to some degree it's weird like um it's very similar i think we're going through like the same sort of things in in our country that we went through <laughs> from the 50s to 60s and 70s a, a, a rebellion against <clears throat> yeah. 50s idealism but the idealism. idea i mean it, you know not to get too big of a conversation about it but the idea of like 
anyone can be heroic. You don't have to be special or chosen to be a hero. What makes a hero is making choices. You know what I mean? And that's what Hal does in this book is he ends up making difficult choices to save people, which weren't necessarily the best choices. It didn't have anything to do with him being a, being special. Have you guys um, watched The Expanse no. on sci-fi? I started it and I never got, I got like two episodes in and I didn't. So I've heard it got really good, good but, and everybody tells so, me that. So good. But and, I and, have it, not. and it really reminds me of this. Um, there's, you know, there's Earth and Mars and the Belters and the Belters are who works the the asteroid belts and they mine the belt and and so there's a lot of of comparisons in in classism there now where the expanse diverges from this as sal has has now awakened me to is that the the protagonist kind of stumbles into this but then they they kind of work in a messiah um you know, prophecy kind of thing into his background which you know, I now don't like as much because I, I like how how Green Lantern Earth One is is the randomness of, of how not not that not that he doesn't stand up and do what he's supposed to, but he is a failed character who a flawed character who has failed yeah. in the past. Um, yeah, but also like the the thing that makes this book really good isn't just like necessarily a cynicism about. Hal Jordan's origin, no. but the fact that the oh the Guardians fucked up yes. their plan by giving creatures this power, right? And it turned out that the you know like people, right? The differing from the traditional Green Lantern sort of mythology uh, of you know in the traditional Green th- uh, and I was Green Lantern you mythology. The Manhunters are created first, and then they create the Green Lanterns to mop up. They fucked up with the Manhunters, and the Green Lanterns are, like, the correct version of it, right? Whereas, you know, and the the Guardians are seen as much more... Yeah, of course, there's been all kinds of versions of this, right? But really, like, at their base, they're seen as these sort of, like, godlike, benevolent creatures who, yes, they make mistakes, but mistakes in the sense of, like... um, of believing too much in this character or like they are so above everything. They miss these important things, you know, like those are sort of the mistakes those characters make. Whereas in this version, it's much more like, Hey, we made the green lantern core and we gave all these different creatures from all over the universe who have different cultures and different beliefs, like the power to, you know, right wrongs. And we don't like it because all of a sudden they started doing stuff that we didn't agree with. <laughs> they started thinking <laughs> on their own. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> right. So like in a sense, right? Like the the Guardians unleashed this thing that's very idealistic, right? Of like this idea that when given power, these people and these aliens from all these different worlds start carrying out their own idea of what's right and wrong, right? And like you get the sense that yeah, they were doing the right thing most of the time, right? Like the most of the Green Lanterns we see in this, like are they have different ap- approaches, you know? And you even get a little Sinestro cameo. Mm-hmm. There's in, a little Sinestro cameo, yeah. yeah. But like that idea of like the the Guardians created this, uh, you know, this <laughs> Green Lantern Corps, and they gave people too much freedom to do the right thing, and they didn't like it. 
because they couldn't control it anymore. So they made the Manhunters to eliminate the Green Lantern Corps, right? So sort of paired with that cynicism of like coming from this very like, uh, you know, like modern cynical version of of Hal Jordan's background to like actually the Green Lantern Corps turned out to be this incredibly idealistic thing that the sort of um, slightly sinister Guardians did not enjoy. I always kind of looked at the Guardians as kind of like the 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 papacy. Or pa- pa- the, what's the 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 Pope? What? The Pope? Yeah, <laughs> a bunch yeah. of popes. It's yeah, and like the Green Lanterns were like all of the like cardinals and you know archbishops. <laughs> so it's like you had like Rome, which was Oa, and then the Green Lanterns were you know it's. I mean, there is a a very catholic religious you know comparison that you can make to that yeah and and the like sal mentioned earlier sort of like a lot of those traditional ideas of the green legend like the ring will go find the most worthy person from that sector it's sort of Mm -hmm. done away with right like you just these some rings are handed down some rings are found you know like there's no magic where the ring just goes and finds somebody else right like that's not how these rings work in this universe for whatever reason, like partially because they're the battery has been like the main battery has been contained. So none of them have enough power to really do all the things they're supposed to be able to do. But like that idea of like this magic ring will now go find the most worthy human, you know, that element's gone. Right. So it just, it becomes much more about like the innate sense of people. Like if anyone gets this ring, what can anyone do with it? Like, well, will think... people do bad things or people do good things? You know, like what happens when <laughs> yes. just anyone gets the <laughs> ring, right? Like, well, and I think Hal mentioned it a couple of times in the book. You know, basically saying, "I use the tool available to me. It's just a tool. It's just something. You know, it's not anything special or magical. It's just a tool, and what you do with it is what matters." And I think that's kind of the whole synopsis of of the book is just you know it's it's not about some magical special thing it's the choices you make you know and that that's what makes the difference of whether you're a good person or a bad person or you're heroic or you're cowardly or whatever it is you know it's it's just all choices and that um doesn't really you know you're not born with that inside of you or not i don't think it's it's you know, I don't know. I, there's a lot going on in the book and, and, you know, they, they don't, I thought they did a really nice job of not tearing it down. And like you said, not being overly cynical about Mm -hmm. the classic Hal Jordan and and Green Lantern mythos and playing with a little bit and just modernizing it um, and giving it, you know, a different feel than, than what we've been used to. I love, I, I do want to mention like the one part I thought was, there were two moments in the book that I kind of really loved. The one was <clears throat> the initial part when he fought, finds the ring and he's he's out in space, and then all of a sudden he loses the ring for a second, and then the <laughs> ring goes yeah. dead. Like both of those moments, I'm like, oh fuck! Like it was. I actually like because of the atmosphere they built of space. I actually was feeling, you know, sort of like that claustrophobic. Mm-hmm you know, sense of like, oh shit, he's running out of oxygen and, and, and how mm-hmm. dangerous that was. And you get that in, you know, there's, there's some films that have done that where they really give you that feeling of, of how dangerous space could be. But a lot of times in space movies or sci-fi movies, that kind of things, you have 
absolutely zero concern about space and the mm-hmm. fact that there's no fucking oxygen and how absolutely deadly space is. It's yeah. freezing cold and, and no no oxygen yeah. in it. But, well, uh, when you think about it, right, like the whole idea of Green Lantern most of the time is like, yeah, you can't spend a bunch of time being like, oh, my God, he's in space. Like, right. Or that's all you would do all the time, right? right. Like, so it's sort of like, <laughs> it's like, it almost gets taken for granted, right? Like, he just leaps from planet to planet. Like, it's just mm-hmm. a thing he passes through his space, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. it's a very different feel to it in this type of, uh, in this type of story where, you know, the, you feel the outer space, you feel that the energy ring actually is energy, you know? Yeah. It's not just a thing but, that but, you turn but, into but shapes. But that it is finite, it's it's yes. not an infinite power source. There's there's it's a finite power source that you know has to be watched, and if it runs out, he's going to die. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's a very much more like much more of a tool, right? Than it is like a magic ring that like will solve all your problems, right? Like if well, you I, have the ring, you can do whatever. I, mean, I think I, the only I, even saw anyone, the only person that made any sort of construct out of the ring was um, the one female lantern. She was the only one, I can't remember her name, Arissa or something like that. Or Yeah. Um, she was the only one that actually made anything. You know, with the, the sort of thing that the, the every Green Lantern is known for is like, you know, creating these constructs out of the energy and, and with their willpower. She... Nobody else did that, I don't think, in the book. None of them knew how to do it. And that was that was the other thing that I thought was really interesting was the introduction of Kilowog. You yes. know, it's like it was sort of like this cliche moment that you've seen over and over again of like Kilowog introduces himself to Hal and you're expecting him to go, Okay, I'm gonna teach you how to be a Green Lantern now. Here are the rules. Yeah. Let me explain it to you. Yeah. And it was like, No, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me? That was, me. That was yeah. yeah, that was kind like, of cool. Oh what? <laughs> yeah. I thought that was yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, it was really just it was it was cool that they you know, the things that you like about Kilowog as a character are still very present in that character, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, they found a way of making it fresh and different and, like, his relationship with Hal being different, much more of, like, brothers in arms than necessarily, like, teacher and student. Yeah. Or, you know, like, just, like, a different angle on how that character, like, how those two characters interact. Yeah, you know, for sure, and and but but like you said, you still liked, you know, Kilowog as this really big teddy bear kind of caring character. You know, deep down, he's a you know he's obviously powerful and strong and all that. But I think it was always sort of like his humanity or you know his empathy that he always ha- seemed to have, which yeah. is one of the things that you you know they they kept with him. He also did a great job of making the Manhunters sort of scary. Yeah. Whereas usually manhunters are like sentinels, right? Like they're there to be destroyed. Right. They're, <laughs> they're fodder, the cannon fodder. They're a thing you can destroy, like a hundred of them. Like it doesn't matter, you know, like they're just like, there's nothing inherently frightening about one of them, you know, or like any sort of like sense that like there's any danger to a single one of them. Whereas in this, they felt much more real and much more of a threat, you know, like, well, I thought it was a really cool and interesting idea to go, okay, we're going to, we're going to start this story 300 years after 
you know, Oa has been destroyed and there are no Green Lanterns and the Manhunters basically rule these sections yeah. of space and everyone's terrified of them. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that's a different, you know, that's that's a different take on it. And, uh, and walking into that for, for Hal Jordan, you know, uh, is certainly a kind of a different feel than what we're used to. But I thought that was a really cool um, idea, you know, to be able to play with and now just, you know... The only thing I think, the only complaint I had about this was, and it may have just been editorial, was it felt rushed a little yes. bit. Like, uh, you know, the the third act or, you know, when you get to the meat of it mm-hmm. and everything, it's like it kind of went by really quickly. Or, um, you know, like the part where Hal's sort of like a slave on Oa. Yeah. Like it feels like that just like sort of comes out of nowhere a little yeah. bit. And then it's like, you go through it quickly. And then it's like. Do you like, think that's a, like a page count thing? It's like. This is how many pages this is going to be. It's Maybe. uh, yeah, I, I, it'd be I interesting to talk to Gabriel or 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 Karina about it and say, you know, was there a crunch to, you know, to to fill this out in a certain amount of pages? Just because nope. they they cover so much ground, yeah. story wise within, you know, the 144 pages or whatever, that. Yeah, at times, you know, not a bad thing. I wanted to see more of it, or I felt like oh, I wish we could spend more time with this but yeah just like the at times the pace picked up so quickly and things just happen yeah like changes happen so quickly like you know they're at one moment they're they're on um kilowog's planet and they're fighting the manhunters and then you know hal Hal just flies away and they just end up on another planet with another ring and or not with another ring but with a you know that had a green lantern on it it was just sort of this weird uh quick transition i don't know it was just yeah there were just moments where i kind of wanted to slow down a little bit but Mm -hmm. the funny thing is is i didn't even realize it was 144 pages so maybe it just it just that's the way the story you know went it was just you know a Mm -hmm. quick quick read even though i think part of that is also gabe's you know he has an inherently cinematic style to his panel layouts Mm -hmm. and the pace Mm -hmm. that he does so maybe that's you know, a little bit why it, it went by quick, even though, you know, there's there's plenty of pages here. 144 pages is nothing to sure. sneeze at. You move through it. The story it moves quick. Yeah. You know, it's not like a ponderous exposition story. I was you know, never like... bored at any point where I was just like, well, uh, I'm just going to put this down and, you know, go they, to bed. They or... don't spend time explaining the rules of Green Lantern. No, they don't. There's no, like, <laughs> they don't. pages of, like... Here's someone explaining to you how Green Lantern works, right? You know, like that isn't in there. It's not part of the story. And it's so not. Be. Yeah, it, it, yeah. There's like no laborious sort of like scene setting, you know, of right. like this is what is happening now, or this is the rules now, you know. Like I think sometimes we forget how much of that is in comics, like sort of your main universe superhero books. Like, how much time gets spent, like, explaining what the fuck is going on. <laughs> so, you, so you know, you know, like, what Let's to explain do. Explain this you know, again what, for the four thousand Yeah, like, just time. to be clear with you. Mm-hmm. Or just, you know, the going back to, like, the emotional thing, too. Like, you know, I, I find the Green Lantern, um, you know, the modern mythos is interesting. Like, all the different ways they've sort of approached, like, the different rings. And the different rings have different emotions and all of that. But it was nice to read a book that did not have that 
element to it. Mm-hmm. Like the yes, you know, at the end you get a reveal of, you know, like there is a yellow lantern core, right? Right. But you don't necessarily know other than they're the bad guys or it's, you know, like the some of that getting stripped away, I think actually was rather refreshing. I'm well, not you, having that like overlaid everything, you know, even, like even like the part where it's like, you know, how do I charge the ring? Well, you just put it against the battery and wait for it touch. to charge like a fucking no machine. Oath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no oath. you don't have to recite no. anything like and then it is like how, you know, how ridiculous would that be? Like, oh, wait, in order for this to work, in order for you to recharge your magic ring, you have to recite yeah, this oath every single time. Shit. You don't know the fucking words? Yeah. Look at this dumb shit. He doesn't know how to re- recharge his magic ring. But you that's, have to say you know, rhyme-y. But that goes to sort of Chris's idea of like the Catholic, the Catholicism, like the ritual of it, yeah. like having to, you know, do this ring ritual. Ring the bell. Yeah, yeah. Light the candles, ring the bell. And I think the bell. Blow, oh, blow a, uh, a cardinal. I don't know. That, is that, that, that's part of it, right? Die that's now. A, that's part of some Catholic rituals the the uh yeah See. without all the it is the oath is stupid it's done <laughs> it is i mean i get it like it was i i still like i like it but only because yeah. it's you know this nostalgic thing but even yeah. when i read it now there is a part of me that's just like that's that's just dumb that's just <laughs> i'm like why would you <laughs> why, why do would you, you need to do this? <laughs> having to say that every single time, right. every How fucking time, time he does it. Like, <laughs> like that I would be like this. that would be like you having in order to open your phone, you have to sing it a song. Like you would have to. Like, <laughs> who would engineer that into it? Like yeah. in if order Apple for your phone that, to work. If Apple did that, then every fucking person that owns an iPhone would gladly line up to sing a tribute to Apple. To yeah, no, but, but, but like, think about that. Like, you have to sing the same or say a poem. Uh, like, you have to recite a poem every time you want to open your phone. Like, how fucking ridiculous. <laughs> what kind of maniac engineer <laughs> designed this? Yeah. <laughs> like, listen, just listen to this. Imagine sitting in a room being like, in brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Okay, fuck? cool. <laughs> Let those who worship evils might beware my power. Tom, are you okay? What, what are you light. doing? What are you doing over there? Are you like starting a seance? What are you? No, no. Sure I'm just charging my battery no, on my just, phone. I just want to. I just want to unlock my phone so I can make a call. I'm just trying to charge this ring. I have to say this. This rhyming, this weird rhyming poem. You know that that works for it. Yeah, and you have I, to. I, I do that every night. It's called Alexa. <laughs> Set an alarm for five fifteen. Hey Google, recharge my ring. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> you set off your Alexa. Oopsie. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. You have to recite Sorry. in blackest night. <laughs> Looks like I'm up at five fifteen. You can't, and you can't rush through it, or it won't accept it. You have to say it like you mean it, or. It... The, the the battery knows if you're just yeah, half-assing. You, yeah, you you can't you can't shorthand it at all. You can't rush. Gotta give it. Like, a little... Yeah, no, no, no. You have to you get take your time. You gotta... So so we all we we enjoyed Green Lantern Earth One. It's a it is a it is a do do buy it. Yeah, mm-hmm. or get it on Hoopla like I did. I... Or get it on Hoopla. <laughs> you can go buy it. 
Order go to the bookstore and read it. Go to you know, Barnes and Noble. Well, because we like Gabe and Karina, go buy it. Yeah, you go buy it. You should buy it. You know. it. They have go dogs buy. they have to take care of, and living mm. in LA so, is not yeah. cheap. So I I checked it out from my from the library, and then I bought it from Amazon. Wow! Oh, look at go you. On. There Double you go. Thing. Because I enjoyed it that much. Because I'm old and will forget about it, and I'll reread it in a year and be like, "Oh my gosh, this is so awesome!" Oh, I've read this before. <laughs> I will say, if there's one thing I would sort of nitpick on mm-hmm. negatively, yeah, let's do it. Because yeah, we can't leave on a good fucking no, note. I gotta, I gotta tear it apart. No, is uh, and maybe it was just me. I, I'd like actually, I'd like your opinion on it. Is I felt like. At some points, the dialogue was a little hokey, um, which is weird because you know we've been sitting here talking about how sort of they've modernized mm-hmm. the the feel of this classic character, but then there were times where like I just felt like sometimes some of the things Hal would say or some of the things the other characters would say it just was like uh, it just it just felt off like it didn't feel like mm-hmm. the way someone would talk. Sometimes it just felt a little odd, almost a little sci-fi-ish, which was just more surprising. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. I don't know. There was, it wasn't a lot, but just there was, there were moments mm-hmm. where it was just like, mm, that was kind of an odd way of saying that. Or there, there was, I don't, yeah. it just seemed, it I don't know. It's, it's be, is it because it's, I mean, it, I mean, it still is a sci-fi story. And so it's, you know, Hark, yeah. here comes you know I mean? Hal Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Boulevard Vic. Oh, Not, great. You know, that now kind of... he's gonna. Yeah, great. Now he's gonna say his fucking oath. <laughs> this guy. He's constantly reciting his terrible poetry. What is with this guy? Was there ever a Green Lantern story where he like had to hide and he couldn't say it out loud? Oh, there, ha- there yeah, must be. I, I there must be. Yes, I uh, guarantee that. In a completely something. yellow room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's this goes right with our uh, Steve Lombard pitch. Right? <laughs> oh shit! There's a you know. Speaking of that, someone did send in a Steve Lombard pitch. Uh, yes. Oh, we have emails. We have emails. Uh, we do have emails. If we're done, are we done talking about? Are we done talking about? Uh, yeah. Green Lantern. Why Green Lantern Earth One? It's, yes, it's yeah. very very good. It's, I enjoy. Um, it's incredibly worth it it's it's a really good read uh let's see i lobe oh here we go all right so we did get a email um this is from uh derek jelly and he said lobo lobo and lombard the team up that no one asked for the (laughs) web (laughs) this is his pitch this is true (laughs) <laughs> the weaponers of Quard want a new champion to try their latest weaponry and lead them on a campaign to take over the universe. They decide to take someone from Earth and misinterpret a Steve Lombard prank as being an example of su- his superiority. They kidnap him and make him, Steve Lombard, Laser Lord. They give him some sticks that shoot lasers. The weaponers soon abandon their plan. If there's one thing more annoying than a Steve Lombard prank, it's a Steve Lombard prank with lasers. In fact, the only one who finds it funny is Lobo, who is visiting the weaponers because they happen to double as his space motorcycle mechanics. 
Lobo and Lombard decide to operate as a bounty hunter team, and we follow their exploits across the galaxy, including run-ins with the Omega Men, Legion, the Green Lantern Corps, the space whale that ate Lightning Lad's arm, and of course, Detective Chimp. <laughs> there's, there's our uh, pitch for Lobo it's and like Lombard. Sort of like a- it's like a Dumb and Dumber type vibe. Right? <laughs> With Lobo and Steve Lombard. Lobo and Steve Lombard. It's not bad. Lombard. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I want to, yes, I need that in my life. I, uh, I'm, I would buy, I've bought worse comics than that. Sure. Oh, I've bought way yeah. worse comics than that. Make it so. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, we have to send in more. If you have if you have pitches yeah. for either Lombard of Lobo or really ridiculous yeah. Hal Jordan pitches where he can't say his oath or some other trope yeah. that's just ridiculous. Uh, or he gets a, a battery from a different like he doesn't speak the language of that battery. <laughs> like it's like this one only speaks English. <laughs> doesn't understand any. Hola, cómo está? <laughs> What are you doing? I don't understand this. <laughs> it's an English. It's a, speak American. Speak, speak, speak American. Speak American. Um, I, I I'll throw this idea out for a Lombard pitch. Oh, Bottle City of Lombard. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Brainiac. <laughs> just hanging out with Steve Lombard, like trying to just absorb all of Steve Lombard's knowledge. There we go. That's my that's my Lombard pitch of the week. I wanted, it, but I want an entire bottle city filled with Lombard. <laughs> it's all Lombards. Yeah, clones. <laughs> Tiny Just rugby fields as long as the eye can see. <sighs> yeah, this is good. I have bought worse comics. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we have another uh, email. We have another here. email. Yeah, this is from. We have another Jake. Steve Lombard pitch. No, this is. Uh, oh. <clears throat> this is kind of a long. I don't know. This is from uh, Jason Kim, from okay. Hawaii. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, dear Sal, aloha from Hawaii. Two oh, questions. This to you, huh? Well, no, oh. he he mentions you. Hold on. Relax. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> I'm just going to take off for a little bit. I'll come back. <laughs> I need a little yeah, private I gotta, time. I need a little pee. alone time with Jason. Um, a little aloha time. Aloha time. Two questions. What are your, you, Chris, and Tom's thoughts on some conventions offering fans to have dinner with one of their guest creators? Um, recently, Comic-Con Honolulu. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Quick answer. No. no. For everyone. For everyone's sake. Recent, recently, Comic-Con Honolulu organizers were selling 10 tickets to fans to have dinner with John Romita Jr. and his wife for $250. It included dinner and it would have included a quick head sketch of a character of your choice and the opportunity to get up to 10 items autographed uh, if CGC $15 per item. Uh, this was canceled because only four people bought the tickets. <laughs> According to some fans, the low turnout may be due to last-minute notice. They announced this event, I think, a week before the con. Uh, I went to the George Perez farewell dinner at Amazing Comic-Con Aloha back in February, and it was worth it. I know George Perez has done a couple farewell dinners at a couple conventions already, but uh, he, that's where he ends that. So, okay, so that's the first question. So, okay, Tom, we got your answer, No. Yeah, no. Just, no. No. Uh, 
My, my answer is if it is worth <clears throat> it to you, then do it. Yeah. That's, um, if, if, you know, paying $200 to sit next to or uh, at a table with 20 other fans or whatever with, you know, or have a personal interact, a guaranteed personal interaction with a creator that you really admire or, or enjoy. If it's worth to you, then yeah, that's fine. Do it. That's great. Yeah. My, I mean, my, the only thing I would say is one, I've had a lot of dinners and personal interaction with a lot of different comic creators and it's not, they're not that fucking charming to be honest. <laughs> most of them, Aren't that interesting with human beings? No, Andy's worth every penny. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's hit or miss. Like, you know, you have to be careful too because sometimes you don't want to meet your heroes. Now, generally speaking, yeah. I think anyone that would put themselves in this situation, a George Perez or a John Romita Jr., I uh, think you're going to have a great be. time. We we yeah. met John Romita Jr. He couldn't have been a nicer guy. You know, like he was, he sat on the floor with us yeah. and what. What, what I forget was that C2E2 or Wizard or one of those, and amazing, fantastically generous and Super and nice. great with his time. Just just a great guy. I've met George Perez, fantastic, wonderful guy. Um, most and he loves interacting with fans. So he does. yeah. He does. And but, here's the thing: is most comic book creators are incredibly generous. Looking to give you their time, um, it, it's 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 just a it's a numbers game of of how much time they have to give to people. Right. So if there is a guaranteed meet and greet, and this is a person that you absolutely need to 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 shake their hand, meet them in person, and this is your only opportunity, then do it. You know, otherwise, there's probably a lot of other opportunities to meet creators in person at comic book conventions. Uh, but, I'll, you know, that being said, if they offered, like, have dinner with Alan Moore for $500, I'd fucking oh, do I'm, it. I'm up with there. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah. it depends on who it is. Like, there's not that many. There's not really. I, I mean, we've met, we were, we're in a different situation. We, we've had personal interactions with so many creators that you know, over the years. So it's not that big a deal, but I'm sure. Yeah. If it's worth it to you, fucking do it. Why not? You, you, you may listen here. I'll tell you a personal story. I was at a convention. I was, uh, there with my daughter. She wanted to meet Stan Lee and mm -hmm. Stan Lee was charging at that point. I think it was 200 bucks or something or 150 bucks to go meet him and get an autograph. And I'm like, you don't need, you know, Stan Lee's autograph. And, mm -hmm. Then he stopped going to conventions, and then he died. And my daughter never and got they, to meet yeah. Stan Lee, and she never, you know what I mean? And and now I look back and go, well, I probably should have just paid it, and it was a memory she would have had because she really, really liked Stan Lee. And, and um, you know, so, yeah, man, I don't know. Maybe you won't ever have that opportunity again if it's somebody that you really want to meet. Fuck it. It's only I, I will I will never forget. <laughs> it was like the day before we talked to, to John Byrne. And you were just like, I don't know if I'm ready to do this. Yeah, and I was like, I was well, very nervous. It's like this is this is one of my heroes, and if this goes bad, it would I, suck. I, it would have sucked. If it was bad. I was very scared. 
<laughs> that it was going to go terribly. Because all the rumors about him, all the, you know, what people were, you know, saying about the shit he, and then the way that he sort of prevents or presents himself online. Yeah, I was really scared that he was going to be a dick and he was going to ruin my childhood in some way because, yeah, he was absolutely a personal hero. He was going to actually, like, rip up your comics. Yeah, that's what it felt like. I don't want you reading my comics anymore. <laughs> but Just tear them to pieces. But, but he was he was he was awesome. fucking awesome. Yeah. And it's like and it, and he didn't and it was like, you know, we asked him to to what to talk for like an hour and and or 45 minutes or whatever it was. Yeah. We ended up talking to him for over 2 hours. Yeah. And we probably we couldn't get him to shut up. We couldn't <laughs> get him to Jesus. shut up. Have you guys um <laughs> did you happen to read the um uh the his intro to the Uncanny X Men Artist Edition. No, that you did. He, uh, men- he, he mentioned. The oh yeah, interview. you told me that. Yeah, he he mentioned the interview that we did with him. Yeah, yeah. What, is, what did he say about? It? He said these three fucking clowns. <laughs> <laughs> these three fucking clowns asked me this. Uh, no. He didn't mention us by name, but he did mention a question that we had asked him uh, on on you know quote unquote a comic book podcast. Yeah. And oh, was, what was, was the question part. we asked? Him? Um, it was um, something along the lines of when did you realize uh, that the uh, X Men was such a a, a a big hit and uh, and he said uh when we left and uh and uh paul um uh god damn it who's the uh Arzenberg. no paul uh i know you're saying i know you're thinking the guy who took yeah. over <laughs> yeah i, I am old. Name. took over for burn yeah <laughs> that guy uh he said basically whenever the artist that took over for him uh, um, was so popular. That's when he figured. That's whenever he learned how popular uh, the X Men were. Um, that was a very insightful question from us. Yeah, I, think, I think. Yeah, I think I asked that. Was <laughs> yeah, one of your questions? No, I have not. Sounds idea. like it. Sounds like you were prepared. Uh, probably not. Probably here's not. here's my why Real I would answer. say no quickly. No. <laughs> what well, I. First of all, do you get Ball, to, can you make them sign Ball. the stuff for you while they're eating? Like at any moment? Can you, Is he's putting can you a like, bite of steak in his mouth? Oh, can you sign this? <laughs> I want to spread out all 15 items over the entire meal. Uh, I don't know. I feel, I guess, like when money, when there's a money transaction and something like that, I always get a little worried about like. You're basically dealing with a whore at that point. So it's prostitution. No, just like, <laughs> just like the interaction, you know, of like, uh, I'm going to pay $250 for you to interact with me. I don't know. There's something about that that yeah. feels yeah. You know, it's, like a little it's... weird. Like that, it's not that weird, right? People do it all the time for all kinds of things, but it's like a little bit of like, and I guess to me, like part of it too is like, I feel like if there's somebody you want to meet at a comic book convention, like you can. Right, just right? go up and yeah. meet him. Just yeah. go up and meet him. Now, it right? might not so, be dinner, so, but it's a real then, yeah. interaction the dinner, as opposed to the dinner to... part's really the thing that makes me like so, eating with people that you don't know. Probably and the pay prob- them to talk, like to have this interaction with you, and you're trying to like eat your soup, and like <laughs> I don't know, this is something awkward. The 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 cool dinner. the coolest comic book convention, you know, quote unquote convention I went to was Morrison Con. And it was oh, a that fucking thing. 
It was really cool. It was. Well, yeah, it was. It was my idea. <laughs> is that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Richards is gonna love you saying that. Um, well, you know, it's the truth. Yeah, so I can't help it. But you know, the, it, that's that's basically what it was. Is that you're gonna pay a premium price to go to a convention that has a limited number of attendees, and you're guaranteed to spend social interaction time with your favorite creators. And that's what that that's what that show was. And we Maybe know if it wasn't dinner. It wasn't. It dinner. wasn't. Dinner. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. I mean, it was a lot of stuff. But I mean, we know we ran a, a convention for a couple of years. It's to to do something that is is catered to that. It's either going to be incredibly expensive, or the people that run it aren't going to make a whole lot of money. And so it's yeah. It's all right. Here's my. Idea. I should say the hard mm, no. This is I should my... say the hard no was me personally. Of course, if people <laughs> yeah. want to do it. Tom's hard no. Here's and my Paul pitch. Smith. I don't know why I had a brain fart on Paul Smith. All right. So. Paul Smith. Yeah. Paul Smith. This is uh, my pitch to you guys. This is what we need to get into. Oh, all right. Just close your eyes. Comic. Just imagine three words. I'm just going to give you. On a banner. <laughs> comic. Make... Book. Cruise. God, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Trapped on a boat with your favorite comic book creators. No, the comic book creators the South Seas. The boat with their fans. Yes, the comic book creators are trapped on a boat. Guaranteed norovirus. With all you can eat and drink and shuffleboard and karaoke with oh. your fans. But it's missing the best part of a convention <laughs> is leaving. Fuck out of this place. What, one of my favorite memories of like Around Comics version one is us coming back from New York Comic Con and and so we fly into O'Hare, Sal's parked there and he leaves. And so Tom and I are are getting ready to get on the blue line and I looked at Tom and I was like, Yeah, you want to take the same train? And he looks at me, he's like, No. <laughs> yeah, I was done. Just put on my headphones, man. I'm just I I I I have been with you for six fucking days and I I really I'm no. No. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Yeah. You know, this train I'm That's leaving on, you for at least a week. Yeah. Now if you would have paid two hundred and fifty dollars to have dinner with me. <laughs> All right, well to continue with Jason's his second question is if you guys had the chance who, someone who is alive, would you guys have dinner with? Who? Which and I'm assuming he means in the comic book industry, not you know oh, just yeah. as in general. Abraham Lincoln, alive, someone alive. We're not going uh, uh, alive. Um, I mean, Alan Moore is the easy the easy choice, but that's also intimate. That that's that's how I understand your John Byrne comment is. I would. I would love to meet Alan Moore in person, but also it could ruin my childhood. Just don't talk about comics. Yeah, I don't. Um, I think at this point I wouldn't care so much because I already know how he feels about comics. So I, yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know. Honestly, with Alan Moore, it probably would be a fucking bore at this point. <laughs> to, really? Well, I just think like because and he's Alan not going to want to talk you. about. Well, he's not going to want to talk about comics unless it's like negative, probably. It could go, it could go really. I I disagree. I feel like if you didn't talk about comics and you just talked about weird shit, 
it could actually be super magic. interesting. Chaos magic <laughs> like, and LCD or LSD. Yeah. LCD. LSD. Yeah. Yeah. Have, yeah. Maybe you could have an extremely interesting conversation. But, I think uh, my yes. pick at this point would be uh, Neil Gaiman. I'd, I'd want to have dinner with oh, Neil Gaiman. Yeah. 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 He seemed yeah. like he, you know, he would probably just hold court, and I just listen to the words of wisdom to come out of his mouth, and then I just ask him all sorts of questions about American, uh, what you call it? Can you gods. Tell me? American gods? Wow, who would I have yeah. dinner with? Jesus Christ! Come uh, on, Tom, got to pick I somebody. Mean, Alan Moore would probably be the answer. I mean, I guess like that would be the person I would be like. Oh yeah, I'd do that. Yeah. Just ask him about fucking magic, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Jason, I mean, that's oh, go ahead. No, I mean that that that's probably the 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 obvious answer is is Alan Moore. But um, God, for for me, um, Greg, you know, Rucka. I, I it always I comes still back have... to Greg Rucka. No, I, I've <laughs> done that. I've been there. Um, probably Warren Ellis. It's it's it's, he's a guy that I I think I would find him insufferable. I think I would just be like maybe it's, but I think he might surprise you in how charming he is because I've heard he's a very charming person. Um, Yeah, probably Warren Ellis. He's he is um, for my taste as much as I and this is weird for me to 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 admit as much as i love alan moore and i love all alan moore comics uh warren ellis i there is there is a a part of me that just gravitates to what he writes and i just love his techie crazy fucking bullshit and yeah i i think i'd love to have dinner with warren ellis my second pick would be mark miller because i think there'd probably be a lot of cocaine involved so I'm assuming. Oh, I was I was drunk balcony <laughs> with him, and I think you were you were there with me. I was. was like yeah, and he was just like you are drunk and I'm going inside. Yeah, <laughs> you ran him away as I did run him oh, away. Great. Classic Chris. <laughs> yep. Thanks a lot, Chris. My chance to You're have a nice conversation with Mark Miller. Ruin. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason goes I'll on pay to you say two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> Jason goes on to say, I love the show. I really like the once a month schedule. Please continue to have fun making these episodes. Aloha, Jason. Jason um, uh, used to listen to uh, my other podcast, uh, and he would always send me stuff. Uh, Rorschach. I think he listened to all of everything I fucking did. I don't know. All all of them? Yeah. Yeah, he's a salad. Yeah, Um, but he would always send me stuff from Hawaii. Awesome, awesome guy. So thank you, Jason, for being an awesome dude. Um, I think I have another email here. If you give me a second here, okay. This is from Christopher Vu. V U. Glad to see you guys back on the air. Found you again on Google Podcasts, and you've done a great job of picking up. Right where you left off. I was wondering, whatever happened to the Rorschach Test podcast with Sal? Wow, this is all all Sal. Chris Uh, wasn't there to keep him doing it on a regular basis. (laughs) The Rorschach Test podcast that Sal was doing because it scratched my AC itch pretty well. 
Uh, I'm the listener who wrote in a couple of times and is the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt. Oh, yeah, I remember him. Uh, but it suddenly disappeared. Just listened to episode yeah. 300 and slowly yeah. catching up again. Uh, catching up again. Don't go away again. Uh, yeah, I remember Christopher, actually, he when he contacted me when I was doing the Rorschach test, he told me he was a brown belt. But he brought it up in a, in a slightly threatening way where he reminded me of, like, early on in AC, I had made a statement of, like, I would fight any comic book podcaster. You know, <laughs> just, it was just something that came out of my mouth. And, uh, and You were yeah. talking about wood. No, I, well, was I? Oh, that's no not problem. even a fight. Come on. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so, but then he went on to tell me he was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt. But Yeah, watch out. Yeah, is he told him to come to town, we'll roll. Yeah, but does he have, does he have a, does he have a podcast? Microphone? Yeah, yeah, he can be Chuck Norris. Yeah, well, that's what I told him. I said, I said podcast. I didn't say I could beat up anyone that listens yeah. to the podcast. I mean, I just said. And that offer still stands any to Any comic book podcaster. I will fight <laughs> to the death. No, I don't. I don't <laughs> to the death. <laughs> but the, the, the offer still stands to come to you my You hear gym that, Jim Rugg? Of Jim Rugg. <laughs> <laughs> want to come? You want to come? You want to come to the Chicago land area and get your ass kicked? Ed Pisker's been a little fucking, yeah. you know, froggy uh, God, lately. You he wanna... is so he is so goddamn good. <laughs> There's nice an artist guy. edition. There's an artist edition of uh, Ed Pisker's coming out for the. Uh, I think X-Men it's a bunch thing? of the. Well, no, I think it's a lot of the hip hop family tree. Oh. I don't know if there's any of the X Men stuff. He is so fucking good. It it makes me sick how he is. Well, it's and I be absolutely a shame when Sal beats his ass. Well, yeah, it's gonna suck. I mean, <laughs> I'll apologize after I kick the shit yeah. out of him. No. <laughs> yeah. no, but he's. Uh, I love his attitude too. Like he has that hip hop sort of attitude of just like, no, fuck it, I'm doing it this way, and if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. And and I appreciate that. I like. I, we need more guys like that in comics. I don't think there's enough. You know, his, the, uh, his 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 X Men uh, the the uh, what's the series called? It's uh, extinct. No, um, why did, did you do this to me? I don't remember. It's the uh, yeah. It's his history of the X Men. Uh, did you see who's Grand doing design? Grand yes, design. Yes. yes. Did you see who's doing the Fantastic Four Grand Design? I did not. Uh, Sholy. Oh, there you go. Okay, it's going to be amazing. Sure, sure. I'll get. Yeah, I, yeah, the, I, I have to be um, honest. I haven't. I haven't actually read all those. So I. Oh, the grand, the grand design. Yeah. There. Did Did you read all of the um, the hip hop family tree? I have not read it all. There. I got. So that is something that is on my docket, though. Like I, <laughs> that is absolutely something I. I. I they're awesome. Yeah. They're really, really good. And uh, yeah, go do uh, Spotify the uh, the Hip Hop Family Tree. Uh, there's several Hip Hop Family Tree playlists out there. Is anyone They're watching awesome. the Wu Tang Clan story on Hulu? Uh, it was so funny because uh, uh, Josh Flanagan had posted something uh, about they had had uh, some screenshots from a record store and. Uh, they had like uh, record store day uh, uh, stuff plastered on the record store shelves, and it's like, come on, guys! If you're gonna do like '90s record store um, pictures, like not have like, record store day stuff 
on there. I don't know. Which I thought was funny. What's Record so, Store Day? It's something that came out post-90s. Oh. So, uh, but I have not. Is it, is it good? Uh, I've, oh, I I've, I've really enjoyed it so far. It's uh, it's like four episodes into it. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how factual it is as opposed to, you know, how drama, drama, dramatized it mm-hmm. is. Um, but it's pretty fun. I mean, I think the, the guys they got to play them all are very good. And um, it's, you know, it's like a big sort of getting the band together thing like so yeah. far like four episodes of of you're waiting for you know them to to kind of come together from various parts of Long Island um uh but it's uh or Staten Island I should say uh but yeah it's I I really enjoy it I think it's it's really Staten good Staten Island the 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 uh is that the forgotten borough I mm-hmm. I have no idea I'm not I'm yeah. not a New Yorker It is it is It is yeah I've forgotten it <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's pretty good. I, I really like the cast. I like the the young guys that they got playing all the different uh, characters. I think are are spot on because they're not like imitating them. Other than the the dude who plays old dirty bastard, it's it's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will watch that if you watch the rest of the Expanse. Oh God, I don't know if I can I can do that. this transactional relationship. With this is <laughs> right, just not. Yeah, I will. I think that's. I think that's fucking fair. And I, I will think do that if you pay me pay me two hundred fifty dollars to have dinner with you. Yeah. <laughs> you come. You come to Wisconsin, and I will buy you all of the cheese yeah. curds that you. I've can been eat. to Wisconsin twice since you've moved there, and neither time up. have you made an effort to see me. So uh, oh, I don't want to hear there about now. It. Well, I'm just saying. Oh, we're I'll sign up to fifteen collectible items at dinner. Of your choice. <laughs> Nothing. Anyone's yeah. collections. Doesn't Any, matter. Anything. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> All right. It's okay. Graded CGC nine or higher. All right. So is that is that our emails? Uh, wait. I think I thought I had one more. Let me just look real more. quick. Uh, yes, Love I have one more. Sal, what, what happened to your podcast? It's going to be another one asking Sal oh, a question. <laughs> oh, well, I guess I never answered that. What yeah, happened just, to the Big yeah. Geek Show? Uh <laughs> I just stopped doing it. I don't know. It's not like, I mean, I was just, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I got bored. I got fucking bored doing it. That's what boring. Um, Where's Braxton? uh, Yeah. Well, he gave up real quick. Um, No, the the Rorschach test was fun. It was me and Chris Marshall and Andy Tom were doing it, but it, uh, it started to delve into like the, uh, dark side of humanity no just like the part of comics that i have no interest in talking about let's like, talk about sales numbers no yeah a little bit of that but more of like the you know the the political stuff and the you know outrage culture and all that and it's just like okay i'm just gonna end up pissing people off i'm just gonna end up offending everyone if we keep talking about this stuff so i just kind of didn't want to continue doing it but those guys were great and it was fun but uh thank you for listening yeah love you chris and andy no they were great guys i and it was fun that's the only reason i did is because it was fun talking to those guys but um 
it was weird because it was another Chris and Andy Tom. So it was like another Chris and Tom and oh, Sal. Too. It was kind of odd. Wasn't that weird? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't even, it's strange. Yeah. Can't get away from us. Uh, I do not. I, I guess I do not have another email. I thought I had another email, but it looks ah. like I don't. So if you would like to email the show, because we love emails, yeah. where, can they contact, where can they contact us? Info at aroundcomics.com, or you can go to the website, aroundcomics.com, and there's a contact us form you can fill out there. And... You can send us physical mail at, okay, at <laughs> PO Box 6114, uh, Phillip Park, Illinois, 60181. I, I keep getting a... I keep getting served a Facebook ad for like a thing you sign up for where you like solve a serial killer. Oh yeah. You want to do that? Which should we do no, that? Which makes me wonder <laughs> I'm always like, why are you serving me this ad? Why would I want to do it just seems stressful. You so now I have to uh... like solve like this fake murder. <laughs> I got so much going on in my life. I don't need They need your need help, Tom. I mean there's a murder. I don't on need the, the pressure loose. of solving this. <laughs> Great. Now I got this on my plate. I got this fucking fake murder act. <laughs> oh, I don't have God. the energy for this. I have kids. I can't solve kids. murders. I'm sorry. I can't read to you tonight. I received another letter from the murderer. A real murderer? That's... No. We are very murder. bored. We have a lot of free time in this country. People, There's people out there that have... That's every time I look at like some intricate like you know video post on the internet. It's like how do you have fucking time for that? Like, don't you have things to do? Don't you I received another letter from the murderer. A real murderer? No. The fake murderer I pay money to to send me clues to solve a mystery. It does sound fun, though. I don't know. I kind of... I kind of Maybe. You should sign up for it. I'll send it to you. I just want to... But if I... I want to actually physically hunt him down... Oh, you want to see? Okay. I don't want to yeah. just like. I don't need profile. A you want a scalp? I just want to, you know. Yeah, I want to. I want to unleash justice upon the serial killer. Physically. I don't know. You can sign up for that. I can't sign up for that one. It's the greatest <laughs> um, game, Tom. It's the greatest. Yeah, I don't know. Game. I don't know. So it's, it's all I want to do. Does is that include a dinner with tracking to another human being and trapping them? <laughs> <laughs> is that so wrong? Is that is that I mean, such a huge deal? Does that make me a bad guy? <laughs> is $250 not enough to do this? I want to hunt George Perez down at a Comic-Con. <laughs> and got close to him at dinner. And he, well, I've heard he's into this, so I'd handcuff him. And, <laughs> but I heard he likes that kind of thing. Scalp George Perez. <laughs> Show up to dinner and just handcuff yourself to him. <laughs> Hi George, you're coming with you're me. In the, now we're in this together. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my game, George. He'd be okay. Finally, with I received your All letters. Right. <laughs> oh, so, oh, oh, this is this is something that I've been waiting for. So we oh, talked wow. about um, Green Lantern Earth One. Um, who gets next next pick? Because uh, I want to know. It was Tom. Oh, I think Tom. I do, but I, I I gotta think about it. Oh shit! It's, All right, the time Should for I... thinking is done. <laughs> the oh, time for thinking is over, Tom. I was <laughs> oh shit! I just you have had to pick like something. Six weeks to do this. <laughs> I know. I just uh, I, I I here. Let me. Uh, I can I can uh, pick something. Uh, yeah, you you have something off the top of your head. I do. Well, there's something I want to read. Um, okay. uh, is uh, 
Die Volume One from Kieran Gillen. Oh, I already own that. That's awesome. All right. Have you guys read that? Done. I have I not. Own read it. You I own it. it, but you haven't read it. I've read the first uh, issue of oh, it. Oh, okay. But it's... so the the first volume is out. The first five issues. So yep. I I've, I've heard yep. good things, and mm-hmm. I thought it's it's Kieran Gillen and Stephanie Hans. Is the artist? It is, it is so you as an old school like '90s gamer. Yeah, this is gonna be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, technically, I was gaming in the '80s, my friend. But yeah, yeah. yeah. How's your uh, I'm, I'm still, are, you started a campaign, right? I currently have two campaigns going on. Yeah, two separate it's ones a, I'm running. And you're right. It's a lot of fucking reading. It's a lot of reading. I don't want to read. You don't like that scene in the Matrix where he just uploads how to fly a helicopter? I need that for like the fifth edition of rules. Just upload everything. But there's a lot of tools out there to kind of help. And there's the one one player that you just want to (laughs) kill. No. My my group's pretty good. There is. the, the, uh, The thing that helped me a lot, honestly, and I started to have more fun as the uh, DM, and I think the players had more fun, is I went away from using a grid and um, miniatures for combat, and I just yeah, started more, doing more, it more, yeah, like theater, it's a of the theater of the mind. And it just <laughs> loosened everything up, and and even, like, the last, the last session we had was a pretty, like, the, the format for it was pretty simple, but it ended up being like this really fun uh, thing that that you know this like, and they created it. The players ended up doing it, but like it worked because it ended up with this, like this counting down clock. They were running out of time, and they had to get back. They ended up having to like rescue one of their members and get back to this place before they all died. And it just worked oh, out awesome. perfectly. And it wasn't even it wasn't part of the game at all. It just kind of worked because I was just letting things happen you know what i mean like i wasn't yeah. concerned with the rules or the roll of the dice so much i was just letting the story go where it needed to go and it ended up being really fun and like the kids my kids were like at the end of it my daughter was like oh my god my heart's pounding like she was so like you know sound it sounds like you mastered the dungeon <laughs> i have i am truly a master i you know and that's that's funny because i think that the um the game mechanics on the board can kind of trump the enjoyment of the game and I, yeah. you're absolutely right and, and i i absolutely love the the board game aspect of it of you know get advantage on a character and you have this many paces to do this and that and that's the the the, the game mechanics i enjoy but sometimes i do think they get in the way of enjoying the actual game yeah i've started to just i want to just tell a good story that's kind of how i'm coming at it now and like i want like the combat to be cinematic and them to just have fun i'm not out you know what i mean like i don't really care if it all goes by plan i don't really care if it it follows the rules 100 percent. i just want everybody to have a good time and and have a fun adventure because that's Mm -hmm. what and it, it just seems like that is um making it more fun for everybody even me like it's easier on me to do it and we so we all enjoy it more because otherwise it's like i'm trying to 
you know, I'm stopping the game constantly because I can't remember what the rule is for this one, you know, situation. And then how do I do this? And I got to add all this shit together. And it's like, no, fuck it. You swing an axe. Okay, you hit. And, you know, it's just it's just much easier in not having to deal with all the, the rules of it. Who gives a shit? It's just it's a game. Let it, let it, yep. let it be fun. You're a good DM. I try. I try. Yeah. I, I, I'm getting, I think I'm getting better at just like ad-libbing and um, I try and do a lot of voices for the different NPCs <laughs> and stuff. So I'm, I'm, I, uh, it took me a little while to get into the rhythm of it, but I, I feel like I'm getting a little better at it. If you if you have a chance, a board game to play, um, have you ever played Pandemic? Have not. I have not played that one. Play if you're looking for like a multiple session, like a twelve game session. Check out Pandemic no. Legacy. God, no. <laughs> Pande- Pandemic Legacy is the most incredible board game I've ever played. We do it's play amazing. a lot of board games, but that sounds I don't. Pandemic know. Legacy is the most incredible board game I've <laughs> ever played. Well, you're not one for. You're not one for hyperbole, so I'll take your word. It on. is the most incredible <laughs> board game I've ever. I don't played. want to play something for twelve sessions. I want to play something yeah. for forty-five minutes and then, then play, just play regular else. pandemic. Well, Jesus. yeah, don't play the legacy. Don't play yeah, the legacy. Play legacy. We played yeah. something really fun. It's like you're in a haunted house and you're you are, are investigating different rooms, and then shit just pops up randomly and blue. No, it's not Clue. <laughs> Asshole. In many ways, the house of Clue. The house of Clue is very haunted. Many, many people have died there. Yeah, it's true. That is true. Uh, yeah, so, I don't know. Yeah, DMing, DMing. We, we haven't played in a little while. My kids keep kind of asking me, but between the, our schedules, it just hasn't worked out. But I want to get back to it because we're, we're having fun. That's awesome. All right. Are we good? Are we done? tonight i think yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty yeah good. we did a lot i have so, like I have yeah. so many comics to talk about we're gonna have to come back soon well i'm i don't you know what i'm available i think pretty much any sunday so are we all, are we good you, i'm good next sunday tom you're the one children i am out of town next sunday on a work next, trip so two weeks maybe yeah maybe two weeks yeah all right let's two come back in two weeks i'm fine with that all right um so do we, do we have a book to read? Uh, die, volume one. Die, by die, die volume. And I'll have one picked. I'll nail it okay. down. I just okay. I have so many options. And Hammer I that just... out. So we're going to talk about die, oh. volume, die, volume one by Karen Gillan, and I forget the artist on it. But we don't have to talk about that in two weeks. It's Stephanie we... Hans, I think, is the artist. We I think can we do should that talk about month. it in two weeks. Oh, you want to do that, that in two true. weeks? I need that type of structure. Okay. Two weeks, uh, yeah. Let's talk about it in two weeks. Jesus, now it took me like six weeks to read this book. You really think I'm gonna? It's a this? trade. <laughs> I know. All right, fine. Well, let's talk about it in two weeks then. then you, you're not gonna have other stuff. I thought you had a bunch of other stuff to talk about. I have other stuff to talk about. We well, you'll always have other stuff to talk about. We'll always have, as my dad said, son, the job is never done. Can I change? It my takes me six I, weeks. I just Wait, saw something yeah. on. Um, Hulu that I want to read. Uh huh. It's called Hulu Simon... or Hoop... Hoopla. Sorry. Okay. Simon says, Volume One, Nazi Hunter. Ugh, that sounds I awesome. I don't know what it is, but it looks really funny for a Nazi. No, we'll go with Die Volume One because I've been meaning to read that. Die. So. Die. With two weeks, we'll talk about Die Volume One. All right. That's fine. Good. Enjoy. All right. 
Two right. weeks it is. Um, so, um, Sal, once again, the email, because I love the emails. It gives us something to, to chit-chat about. If someone wants to get in touch with the show, they can email us at info at aroundcomics.com. Right. Or go to the website. Or go to the website. Or slide right. in our DMs, as the kids say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, send us your DM tips if you are a dungeon master, <laughs> because Sal and I are always open to uh, to uh, uh, hearing how to run a better campaign. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, mine ends at curling season, because it's all the curlers. We meet at the curling club until we start putting ice in, and then, you know, it's, I've got to... I've got to complete this campaign. We're uh, we're uh, doing Dragon Heist right now. That's what and I'm doing. Are you doing Dragon? How do you like it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I I mean I'm just barely into it, but um, there's a lot of directions you can go. Yeah, I like it though because it's pretty simple structured. You know yep. what I mean? Like it's kind of it's it's easy enough to just go. Okay, we're we're gonna go and just. Boom, 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 boom. And so we've kind of broken up, you know, at least in the beginning, like those individual quests as, mm -hmm. uh, like, it's basically one good session. And then, yep. you know, but, um, yeah, I so far, like, I've heard people complain about it a lot. It's got a lot of flexibility to where you can break off and you can go in different directions and then come back to the main storyline. It's it's just explore Waterdeep is what I would say. It's yeah. just have fun. That that's a campaign that you can do in ten sessions or fifty sessions. Right, right. So I want to I want to do Salt Marsh. That looks pretty fun. The new one, absolutely. That, that came yep. Out. Yep. It's a, Tom's like nerd. What the what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just want to play. I'm tired of DMing. I want to play. I wouldn't mind that either. Yeah, well, I just want to play. Heavy is the head yeah. that carries the crown, right? The DM. It, 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 absolutely. Oh. All right. So you know how to get in touch with us. Uh, check us out on the the Facebooks and all of the other um, uh, social media places and that we email ignore. us and that we ignore uh, uh, we'll be back in yeah, two three weeks uh, in the meantime in between time we'll be everywhere in and around Every comics yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did it finally <laughs> it happened